today we have with us a very very interesting personality uh, shri amarnath dubey ji who is a molecular biologist by uh, education a bureaucrat by profession but those are not the reasons i know him for i know him uh, because both of us are a part of a mega project called global encyclopedia of ramayan where we are both contributing in a small way but uh, that's how i got to know amarnath ji and then i discovered that he collects that the world ramayan so ramayan as a story has gone out of india carrying its culture and it has been adopted by different cultures as a story and now he's bringing those stories back to india and translating them in hindi uh, he's already translated the filipino ramayan uh, his tibet ramayan should be soon in the market and i'm sure there are many more in the pipeline so amarnath ji welcome to d2s thank you so much ma'am and it is a great honor for me to be on your show i mean i was always watching this show uh, because you have always brought some good personality and lot of new insights so i am very excited to be here thank you so much okay. thank you and today we are going to talk to you uh, both as an expert on ramayan and also as somebody who is an ayodhya vasi you come from ayodhya the city of ayodhya so we are going to ask you something about the queens of ayodhya we all know that you know uh, legendary uh, kings have ruled uh, ayodhya you know right from the time of ikshvaku to the times of shri ram a lot of uh, illustrious kings have ruled uh, ayodhya but what about the queens so tell us a little bit uh, about the queens of ayodhya i think you have started the whole conversation from a really good point uh, generally we are having a concept that uh, history is told about men for men and by men mm-hmm. and this is the concept we get from our textbook right. it's a main man centric uh, history and it's always about the king their feats and their defeats right but fortunately our uh, ancestors they have written the puranas mm-hmm. where they have mentioned the genealogies and in genealogies they have mentioned the name of queens so we have lot of information about the queens as you have uh, told that uh, we uh, we are having the ikshvaku dynasty which has ruled ayodhya i mean we, they are the earliest known rulers of ayodhya and when we go through different puranas we find lot of names of queens and uh, few queens we are having just passing reference because there is no uh, certain uh, no detail uh, is available but there are few queens who have achieved a lot in their personal growth and in their career and other aspects so we find a lot of uh, details about them so uh, if you ask me that who is the uh, which are the names generally comes to our mind when it is a ikshvaku uh, queens so uh, let me start with the daughter because uh, you know that rama is called kakustha every okay. time you know, he is called kakustha kakustha and he had a daughter uh, her name was go and go. she go g o go hmm. and she was married to yati yati was son of king nahush who was ruling at uh, payagraj that uh, and uh, because yati was interested in uh, spiritual uh, growth he did not accept the throne and his brother yayati has become the king and as you know that whole uh, ma- uh, this uh, rigvedic thing we always find the sons of uh, five tribes of uh, uh, five sons of uh, yayati who have uh, later carried out the different types so uh, that way this is the first name we find and as far as queen is concerned uh, like there is a uh, we first find the reference of a name himavati 
So yeah. she is the oldest known queen of Ayodhya, yes. Hemavati. Hemavati is the oldest known queen, and she was wife of Krishaswa, who was sixteenth Ichwaku king. And when I am telling the number sixteen, I just want to, uh, I mean, deviate from the uh, the stop for a moment. The different uh, uh, historians have worked on the genealogies of uh, Ichwaku dynasty. They have read different Purans and they have uh, made out the list. And like Parjitar is there, Mankad is there, and like so on. There are a lot of people. So here I am following the Parjitar uh, genealogy. Who places the uh, this Krishaswa on the sixteenth number? And when I am talking the different numbers, I am following the Parjitar's uh, chronology. So Hemavati was wife of Krishaswa, mm-hmm. and uh, as you can guess from the name, that she was a daughter of Himya, uh, King Himraj. Himraj was the ruler of the Himalayan region. Himalayan. So this gives us a uh, information that uh, this uh, Chwaku kings, their reach has come up to the Himalaya point. Right. Because that's why matrimonial, uh, this marital alliance has come up. Right. So that is the first name comes, and then we find that uh, this, uh, I mean, Mandata, Yunash, uh, and all these uh, kings. Their wives comes uh, into the. I mean, we find their names in the different uh, context. So uh, yes. What about King uh, Queen Mallika? Oh, Queen Mallika. Okay, Queen Mallika is very recent queen, and lot of historical evidences are available about her. Okay. She was wife of King Prasenjit. Mm-hmm. Prasenjit was one not four, one zero fourth king of Ichwaku dynasty. Okay. And Prasenjit, but that would still place him few thousand years ago. Yeah, he is 500 BC. Okay. He was a Buddha type. Okay. Because uh, he has given the patronage to Buddha, and Buddha mm-hmm. stayed in his uh, kingdom for a longer period, like 25 years. He spent in uh, Shavasti and Ayodhya, which right. falls under uh, this uh, king Prasenjit. Okay. So he so was the, so the queen Mallika was also the contemporary of the Buddha. Yes, of course, and she played a vital role in. Promoting Buddhism, as you know, King Prasenjit was follower of Bhagavad Dharma. I mean, he was a Sanatan Dharmi. Right. But Queen Mallika was a devotee of uh, Lord Buddha, and the story goes like this: that mm-hmm. one day Queen Mallika was uh, sorry, yes, Mallika was passing. She was the daughter of a garden maker, mm-hmm. and then she saw the Lord Buddha coming along with Ananda, his mm-hmm. uh, disciple Ananda. And she was bearing some uh, sorrow gruel, and she offered to uh, Lord Buddha. And Buddha was pleased. Buddha smiled very pleasantly. And later on, Ananda asked, "Why you are smiling for this offer?" He told Ananda, "She is going to become the queen of uh, Ichwaku dynasty, and she is going to, I mean, achieve a very high status in Buddhism." And the same day, when she was passing, uh, Prasenjit was coming from the. Uh, he was defeated by Bimbasar, uh, and he was coming back to. Uh, he was coming back to Koshal, mm-hmm. and she he, he saw Malika, and he fell in love, and he married to Malika. And Malika so they got a, married because of a prediction by Buddha. Yeah, because Buddha Buddha had an insight. He can he could see that events what is going to happen. Right, right. You know that when Buddha got I mean enlightenment, they say that he got three powers. He know his old births, his all earlier births. He know that uh, what is going to happen. On the Rikal Darshi, you could uh, see past, present, and future. So, so that's how he saw Malika, and he found that she is going to become a queen. 
so uh, she becomes a queen and she continued uh, following practicing buddhism mm-hmm. and she promoted in a certain way mm-hmm. and, uh, because she was a very sagacious lady so uh, this uh, king prasenjit always consulted mallika so it, it's very interesting so uh, if, let's say 2500 600 years ago as well we have an example of a king a mighty king Uh, who followed his own religion and he had a wife who followed a different path i mean buddhism was not a separate religion then but she followed her own path path a, a great example okay so uh, that brings me to uh, uh, the story of harish chandra you know not many people know that harish chandra was a king of uh, ayodhya i mean if you go to, go and ask a common indian youth today they won't even know but he was the king of ayodhya he came from the same ikshvaku dynasty and his queen is probably uh, she suffered far more than what sita even suffered uh, in her uh, lifetime so did she get her due did has history been kind to her uh, again i will give the same statement that history was earlier mm-hmm. written about men for men and by men so Jee. i won't go but here we have to be very careful ji harishchandra was king number 30th in ikshvaku dynasty ji and uh, he was married to taramati or she was also known chandramati in few puranas ji and uh, this was a time when vishwamitra and vasistha had a tough had a tough battle going on between themselves Right. and here i want to pay, make a caution because most of us think there is only one vishwamitra and there is only one vasistha mm-hmm. that is not the case uh, this uh, during the time of uh, this uh, harishchandra there was a different vasistha and there is a uh, vishwamitra mm-hmm. so they had a type uh, they had a, some tussle among themselves going on and harishchandra became victim of that mm-hmm. and the, in this process what happens that uh, this queen chandramati or taramati she mm-hmm. went along through the same rd mm-hmm. but we have to see that how much courage she has shown on the path of dharma vijaya see mm-hmm. uh, in ikshvaku dynasty we always find there something called dharma vijaya and something called dig vijaya and the ikshvaku kings always uh, try to cover both the path so mm-hmm. uh, harishchandra is uh, like epic case of this uh, um, dharma vijaya dharma vijaya just to protect the dharma and satya he continued to choose the tough path hmm. so when vishwamitra gave him a certain uh, i mean uh, i mean he asked certain uh, certain amount for the as a payment for yes, the dakshina yes yeah, dakshina so he accepted that and in that process taramati she is the she is the one who actually suffered i mean hmm. uh what happened when uh, he has to leave along with taramati to uh, this place uh, called varanasi and there she was the one who was sold hmm and initially his son was not allowed to accompany her mm-hmm. and uh, it was a imagine the moment that uh, husband has left her she is not able to uh, have the kid and the younger son along with her and you see the mental state of that woman Right. so uh in this process what happened then uh, anyhow we know that later on that uh, rahul was allowed his son sorry rohitashu he was allowed yeah. to remain with her up to that point also it's okay because afterwards harishchandra uh, sold himself also to right. follow the dharmvijaya right but you see the climax of the thing 
when the climax happens that uh, son died and she took it to the uh, place uh, for chandal chandala and harishandra was there was it not responsibility of harishandra also to pay the at least half of the tax yeah. right. i mean as a woman she had to turn her sari right and see the i mean this is a and that's how maybe yeah so there are various lenses through which you can look at this story you can look at from a feminist lens and say she suffered and you can look at it from a uh, from a companionship or for a from a from a marital relationship where you it's the epitome of what you can do for each other you yes, can sir. allow one person to sell the other so that you know so that they can together meet the commitment that they have to the to the society or to, to whoever it is you know and the third lens is of course um, you know uh, you can look at it from uh, from from so many lenses actually this is a beautiful story okay so what so, i want to add here something very yes. interesting yes uh, so now historians are working on this uh, genealogy and they found you may might be aware of this parashurama yes parashurama father was jamdagni yes and jamdagni was married to renuka ji renuka according to few historian was the daughter of harishandra and uh, this tarava uh, okay 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 in any case uh, renuka was a princess of ayodhya i mean that oh, is a, a, i didn't know this, this i didn't know this this is written everywhere but okay. uh, i didn't know this a few places it is mentioned as a renu so okay. now historians because they have done lot of genealogy work they found that renu would have been the king harishandra okay that's why she was called renuka and uh, rest oh. is the okay now let me bring you to the most controversial queen of ayodhya you know kakai uh you know she is the ultimate person we like to blame for uh, ramayan to happen for shri ram and sita and lakshman to suffer and all that but i've heard you say that uh, kakai is the most misunderstood queen of ayodhya please tell us why do you think so see uh let's start like first let me go through the historicity and then we will uh, see how her character evolved over the period of time okay. kakai was a uh, daughter of uh, kingdom i mean kakeraj mm-hmm. which is somewhere in pakistan afghanistan area ji and when dashrath uh, sent a proposal marriage proposal to her it was accepted on the condition mm. that her son would be made the king of ayodhya mm. it is mm. a written thing i mean it is mentioned in the ramayana also mm. right it's an agreement it's an agreement and uh, then uh, after the marriage she went to a battle uh, mm. which was against a timurdas timurdas sambar timurdas sambar was not an ordinary asura mm-hmm. uh, divodas has fought 99 battle against uh, sambar and the hand, for the hand of battle dashrath was caught because mm-hmm. he was so powerful king mm-hmm. so in that battle you can imagine that how tough a battle would would have been hmm. and kakai saved the life of dashratha twice hmm. i think this is the first occasion if you read any text right. where a lady went to the battlefield okay even in mahabharata you don't find any lady going and fighting 
are doing the charity work. Right, 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 right. There is a human, and you imagine it is a few thousand years back. So she could be one of the first female warriors we know of. Of course, she was. She is the one of the first warrior. warrior. Mm-hmm. And we have to give credit for all those things. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, and in that battle, she got these two boons that. Uh, which which she said that i will take these boons later period right right so first thing she had she married to a dashata on a condition and then she already had this two boons now what happens see when we read the ramayana we are totally i mean having a some other source of mood we right. go in the divine mode and we forget to i mean we stop reading between the lines Right. You see the whole uh, this um, coronation of Rama, crowning of Rama. It is a simple palace parties. What unfolded on that night was a palace parties. <laughs> And the way Dashrath was doing this crowning of Rama was very suspicious. This is what I always argue. <laughs> you see the sequence. <laughs> Dashrath first sent Bharata and Shatrughan to Kaki. <laughs> so they were out of Ayodhya. so there was no challenge could come from their side mm-hmm. number one number two once this bharata and shatrughan reached to kake he suddenly started all this ceremony he called everyone ki please come i want to discuss he wanted to discuss with all the sages he wanted to discuss all the sages and he decided overnight that rama is going to be a king and he was very sure that his uh, subject won't question his decision right right, right. then the third round of discussion then the third thing i mean second round of discussion has to happen with the neighboring kings right who i think dashrata was enjoying some sovereignty mm-hmm. so he called everyone but he did not call janak and he did not call the kakeraj ashwapati mm-hmm. so and the reason he quotes that everything is being done in hurry so we are not able to call these two kings mm-hmm. See, only these two kings only these two kings he could call a person from south india north east india west india everywhere but janaka with a with a with a, this mithila was his neighboring kingdom yes i mean a person can come from far south to ayodhya in that time but janaka right. can't come which is just your neighbor right so what is the uh, interpretation is being made that he dropped janaka just to on the line that he could not involve the kakeraj he did not want to call the kakeraj because so kakeraj he did have a doubt in his mind that they would raise a objection objection because, because kakeraj was the one who know the who knew it well that dashrata had made a promise that uh, he will make the son of kakeraj as the king right. so he had doubt that kakeraj so that promise was already made yes it was made at the time of marriage itself okay so that's why kakeraj was not called and to cover up the uh, this kakeraj issue he did not call the janaka and one more thing you know that kakeraj and janaka were a very good friend hmm. in the marriage of rama kakeraj appear suddenly right you see the rama marriage first uh, in this right so kakeraj comes so probably janak king and kakeraj would have been having very good friendship that's right. why dashrata avoided these two things mm-hmm. this is going on one side but third thing a uh, fourth thing what he did that uh, he informed kaushalya but he mm-hmm. didn't inform kakei about the uh, rajya abhishek and how kakei came to know she came to know through her maid that is manthara who out of the this one and went to the 
I mean, her roof, and just she saw from balcony that Kaushalya is celebrating and he, she is offering sweets and uh, all those things. Then she had suspicion: "Ki what is going on?" And then she found out from some uh, other servant, and even servants were knowing that Rama is going to be crowned, but Kaki was not aware. I mean, Queen was not aware, and a small servant of was aware that uh, Rama is going to be crowned. I mean, there is something going on. Right. But, so there was a there was a conspiracy going on any which way. So yes. this was expected. This was expected. See, okay. in this condition, and then one more thing you have to like fifth point. What I always argue that Kaushalya. Is a between the queens that politics uh, always politics politics happens like that. Kaushalya was thinking. Kaushalya was never treated well by Dashrata after the marriage after he married to Kaki, and she complained a lot that my husband is not treating me well. She is treating me worse than a maid. All those things, and then she says in one of the shloka that I was expecting that when Rama will become king. I will get back to her. I will the respect and dignity which I deserve to. Hmm. and kk on the other hand would have been having some other feeling so yes. these things were i mean sometimes miss in the in the storytelling the story so that brings me to the next question you know did ayodhya ever have a reigning queen somebody who ruled from ayodhya yes of course we are having such queen uh, her name is regina she was regina. wife of uh, king agnivard and agnivard was a uh, uh, 66th number of king in ikshvaku mm-hmm. dynasty it so happened that agnivard died of tb mm-hmm. and this story is mentioned in the raghuvansha mm-hmm. that uh, he died uh, and that time this regina was pregnant mm-hmm. so what this uh, ministers did they just buried him in the garden and mm-hmm. made regina as a queen and she is the first lady who ruled the ayodhya kingdom okay anything else we know about her rule uh, or is just the fact that she ruled it is just the fact that she has been crowned on okay. the top but okay. i mean more it because achievements might not have not been that great so okay. so that brings me to another famous daughter of uh, ayodhya who has recently come into light is this queen who married into a korean dynasty and then she carried on the culture of ayodhya to korea please talk to us about that okay so um, as we know that ayodhya is having great culture connect with many different countries and in this context this ayodhya and korean uh, relation goes very long mm-hmm. and um, there was a uh, prince uh, there was a princess suritana who was daughter of a king of ayodhya mm-hmm. it is mentioned in the uh, korean chronicles that in 48 ad hmm. this queen tra- this princess traveled to uh, south korea and married to a king there and then they form a correct dynasty and the today almost 60 lakh people of hmm. south korean people they owe their uh, they descend uh, from her from her so uh, and the so what is very interesting is that uh, you know what i very find very interesting in this is that Uh, more than two thousand years ago, you know, Ayodhya was uh, dealing with uh, lands as far as Korea. Of course, that was. You know, way. so if you are, if your daughter is getting married there, that means you had an ongoing relationship with with that place, which you strengthened in a way with with the marriage. 
Okay, just I want to add one point here that uh, there is a reason behind this. Okay. Uh, the king of Ayodhya had a dream mm. where he had a divine command to mm. send her daughter to South Korea. Mm. And because the daughter was just 16 year old, he sent her son, uh, his son also along with the princess mm. Surita. Mm. So, and there she uh, established the, uh, there she established Buddhism in that particular country. Mm-hmm. So, this is quite similar to the King Ashoka, who sent his uh, son and Mahendra and daughter. It is mm-hmm. quite similar to the same story, where the king of Ayodhya has sent. So this king was definitely not from the Ishwaku dynasty, but yeah. he might have been from the Ayodhya. And uh, if you want to pinpoint who was the king, it is very difficult on day to pinpoint the name of the king, because it is not mentioned in the Korean chronicles. And in Ayodhya, first century AD was a very is a period of turmoil. Right. So what happened? Uh, there are Datta kings who were ruling in mm-hmm. that period, and their uh, their uh, this one rule was brought to an end by King uh, by Kushan King Kanishka. So uh, we have to read different different things. Like uh, for Ayodhya things, we are having only numismatic evidences. We are having a few coins which are from the first uh, first century AD, which says that there was a Datta king who, who was a follower of the Sanatana Dharma. So they could not be treated as a king who will promote the Buddhism. So this this uh, excludes the Datta king. Then You're also saying that uh, you know Buddhism traveled from India to Korea or that region, uh, uh, you know, sometime in the first century CE. Yes, first century CE. Okay. So uh, what I was saying that uh, there is a Tibetan chronicle, prophecy mm-hmm. of Lee religion. Mm-hmm. So it mentioned there is a Khotnese king, his mm-hmm. name was Vijay Kirti. He along with Kushan king Kanishka attacked Ayodhya. Mm-hmm. And he took away all the relics of Buddha from Ayodhya. Mm-hmm. In that time it was known as a Saketa. Mm-hmm. So what, what is my guess? That mm-hmm. my speculation that there would have been some person like uh, mm-hmm. he might have left at that place to rule the reason, like uh, right. his uh, number two or something like that. Right. So, in that, yeah, his commander or someone, and this princess would have been the daughter of that commander. Ah, okay. Okay. So, that you mentioned a word called Dikvijay, and that reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, Aj who actually went around uh, India and then he married the princess of Vidarbha, Indumati. So tell us about Indumati a little bit. She brings in the Shringar Ras in this yes. conversation. See, uh, we, or Shringar, yes. we find the details of Indumati and Aj in Raghuvansham. Raghuvansham, a whole Sarga is dedicated yes. to their love yes. story. Right behind so, me. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, I mean, uh, this uh, King Vidar Raj Bhoj, he invited all the kings of Sayamvar, mm-hmm. where Aja also, Aja was also invited, and Indumati has chosen the Aja as her husband. Mm-hmm. After that, when he was coming with the Indumati, all the kings attacked to Aja, mm-hmm. and he came with the flying colors, he defeated everyone. And Aja fell in love with this Indumati, and the mm-hmm. story goes on. And this is the first case where you find something reverse of Sati. Here, Indumati dies and Aza was not able to control, bear the pain of suppression. 
and he himself immolated himself at the confluence of the river Sarju and uh, this river Tamsa. Right. This is the first time you find a man mm-hmm. self immolating himself, and that to a mighty king. That to a mighty king, father of King Dashrath. Father of King Dashrath, grandfather of Sri Ram. Sri Ram. Right. Right. and you know and these things are not spoken about for some reason they have not been spoken from this angle that there are examples of men giving up lives when right. they couldn't think of living without their wives yes um uh, so let's come uh, towards the end of this conversation let's come to the most famous best known queen of ayodhya which is sita who incidentally has spent very less time in ayodhya i mean she got married and she went for banwas she went for exile out she was out for 14 years she came back and then i don't know she stayed there for a very small time and then she again went to the forest so uh, is there any aspect of sita that we don't know of see uh, i mean it who can describe sita when right. india's first poet valmiki has to write an epic on her as you know right. that valmiki uh, rana ramayana it is clearly stated that primary aspect of ramayana is the character of sita and secondary right. aspect is uh, killing of polasiva son so yeah. as you know i mean polas it is also known as polasiva darlia ramayana right. so i mean she is such a interesting woman that on her and whole epic was whole epic is written right right uh, and uh, when you say that what we don't know actually it is all written in valmiki ramayana we know about her from valmiki ramayana so let me quickly mention one thing and then i will go about her character right uh, we all believe that uh, during the swayamvar of Ra- sita shiva bow was broken right okay but if you read ramayana this uh, rama sita marriage comes twice hmm first instance rama it is mentioned that rama has broken the bow of lord shiva ji but there is a one more incident where sita visited the ashram of sati anusuya mm-hmm. and anusuya asked her about her marriage and then she tells that rama came to uh, mithila and my, my father had a bow of varuna mm-hmm. varuna is a prevedic god right and rama had lifted and uh, broken that uh, go and then and there janaka decided to marry me with the rama giving mm-hmm. her a ball of uh, water mm-hmm. so uh, i mean how this story lost the second aspect lost and first aspect continued we don't know because maybe mm-hmm. the because it's brought lot of other religions i would say so it's, it's more like and you know agreeing to marry and then the actual wedding taking place there are two things you know just like we have you know we agree that we you know in our families that the wedding between these two people will take place and then the actual wedding happens at a chosen you know at an auspicious chosen time at muhurat time so i looks like that case no no i mean i was what i was telling that which bow was broken it was of shiva or it was of varuna so in one instance it is a bow of shiva and other it is a bow of i would say it may have been a it may have belonged to one and passed on to the other you know so we 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 tend to see history as one uh-huh. at happening at one time but history also has a past so it's possible that shiva's bow came to uh-huh. varuna or vice versa and so it could be called it, you know uh-huh. it's like 
राम बीइंग कॉल्ड रघु राम और काकुत्स राम और इक्शवाकु राम और राम यू नो सो इट मींस द सेम एग्जैक्टली दैट कुड बी द ग्रेट सो टेल अस आर कैन वी सी एनी ऑफ द प्लेसेस एसोसिएटेड विद एनी ऑफ दीस क्वींस इन अयोध्या टुडे yes of course i mean uh, let me first finish the uh, sita sure. point because it was left out why what i find unique about sita that she was a independent minded woman hmm. i mean uh, from the day one she comes to ayodhya she brings her kuldevi along with her right chhoti and she continued worshiping uh, kuldevi and you might because you have visited ayodhya you might have seen that kuldevi sita i have seen that kuldevi of sita chhoti devkali devkali is there that is the first time the second you see that when rama was banished everyone was telling uh, sita not to join rama but she was she decided no no i want to go right she was independent minded woman so she continued her journey along with rama in panchavati rama asked that don't send lakshmana i am going to hunt this golden deer but sita decided no lakshmana you have to go she overruled rama she overruled rama right. then lakshmana said sita you don't cross this uh, lakshman rekha don't come out of the uh, our panchavati hmm. but she said no let me go and offer viksha right. to a sage right right in fact um, yeah in fact that reminds me of uh, a kaushalya's episode also i mean tulsi rama tulsi ramcharit manas when ram goes and tells her that you know um, uh, that the father has given me the kingdom of the forest and she says uh, well if your father has said it then i can ro- overrule that but if your mother when I mean, kakai has also wished it if your mother has said it then you have to go then you have no choice so i find it very interesting yes. that the word of mother is above the word of father for a child father yes exactly and then even in lanka she single handedly fought the war for one year i mean yes. Ram, ravan was threatening her and all right. sorts of measure he has used but she right. defeated there and the right. best thing like when she comes back and uh, like she was banished again to the forest by rama and later rama changed her, his mind and asked her to come back she said no because if she would have joined back it would have questioned the decision of rama itself right was rama wrong at the first place? right 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 in banishing her right so right. this is a very strong character she had i mean that's why the whole yes. epic is on yes. her yes well yes absolutely absolutely so tell us about the places in ayodhya and then we wrap it up okay see uh, related to rama and sita we are having a lot of places obviously yes, yes, as we talk about a lot of places, lot of them, yes please pani parvat is there where she was there is a jhula is mela is still going on so all those places, and there are sita kund and there is a ashok vatika and all those things are there there is something there. associated with the raja harishchandra as well now now just raja harishchandra if we say there is a dhanyaksh kund which is now apparently in a very bad shape but the story goes when vishwamitra conducted that yagna and uh, sacrifice was going off of sunashepa that one yaksha has been kept there to for the full money right so that place i think is directly says that history of ayodhya doesn't start with rama or something it goes very long right. back no in so fact the whole ayodhya mahatme tells of, us the same the whole ayodhya mahatme tells yes. us the same you have written a book on that <laughs> yeah 
so it's it tells about no i have had you the good fortune of spending a lot of time in ayodhya uh, and it's uh, i mean it's hmm. by some stroke of destiny that i landed in ayodhya i continue to work for ayodhya now i have a book on ayodhya so yeah so some karmic connection there yes so great uh, amarnath ji thank you so much for uh, taking us through the history of ayodhya from its queen's perspective and we'll bring you back for another conversation on one of the ramayans that you are working on at some point in time thank you so much thank you so much ma'am